0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz network. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Oz network as we continue our ongoing coverage of Nip/Tuck. We are in the third season still. We are up to the 8th episode. It is called Tommy Bolton. This one first aired on the 8th of November 2005. It was written by Mr. Brad Falchuk and directed by Mr. Guy Furland. Another Mid-season, season three episode. Yeah, let's uh, see what happens here. My name is Ben, and how am I meant to take a shower with this girl? I can't let her see her me naked. I barely know her.
1: <laughs> and I'm Nick, and uh, we're going to be stuck giving rub and tugs to just keep our client list up. That's
0: how we get the listeners on the Oz Network. Uh, not ashamed yep. to say. Uh, but, yeah, season three. Uh, we're past the halfway point. Episode eight, Tommy Bolton. Yep. Uh <laughs> Anything you want to say here, Nick, before we get into this episode?
1: Oh, I think we're making it sound like it's the worst thing ever, which is not. I don't think it's true. No, it's um, not the no, worst but-
0: episode. Believe me, it is not the worst episode of Neptuch.
1: No, we're definitely going to get there.
0: There might be an argument for one this season to come, but um, <laughs> yeah, like it's, again, it's just it's just season three middle. It's just. Yeah. You know it's there. Um, you know, there's there's some good stuff in this episode. There's some terrible stuff in this episode. Where are we going to end up? I don't know. So, um, yeah, anyway, let's let's get straight into this. We don't even have a previously on Nip Tuck. We're just straight into removing the bandages of Anne Haish because we're all desperate to see what this surgery looks like. Um, one thing oh. which is interesting, I don't know if you've got to notice with these, is that, that the three-episode arc we kind of get here with Anne Haish and little shit Austin, none of the episodes are named after their characters. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah, that is interesting. I, yeah, that probably tells you how important this, this scene actually is to the, um, the storyline is to the uh, the overall arc of the show.
0: Yeah, so off come the bandages. Oh, my God, I look like a different person. No, you really don't. Um, <laughs> and then we kind of get sort of like a conversation here, you know, oh, where are we moving to? I requested somewhere warm. I don't want any snow. Uh, that kind of leaves, like, California and Hawaii. Texas, maybe. Yeah. Uh, You know, New Mexico, I guess. Um, Arizona. Uh, You've got limited options there, love, when it comes to the United States. Um, So don't be so picky. Um, But Sean's getting kicked out here because this is classified information. To which Austin, again, the dumb little shit that he is, he's also up there with Sean, doesn't know how the witness protection program works. Oh, what if we want to contact him? And Sean. Oh, what's the harm in giving my address? Really?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So tough, eh? Oh, yeah.
0: and then we get yeah. Diva Dick Austin. I hate this. Runs out. Um. Oh, yeah. What? This how we start this episode, Nick?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's just I, I do like the kind of like, um, you know, almost like the cliched kind of unraveling the bandages on them. It's just it's so so weird and. Like, basically, I think if these guys were coming out of it, like, if this was the first time we were taking the masks off them, they would have bruises up, you know, they would be fucked up with bruising, and these guys come out basically looking perfect um yeah so it it is just it's it's unbelievable on so many levels really isn't it yeah
0: and it just kind of leads in you know ugh, just awesome then we kind of lead to uh-oh dra- drama because austin's gone no not austin please oh no don't go get <laughs> shot by looking <laughs> for your dog um to which uh we find out that sh- clever sean the esteemed sean plastic surgeon has sneakily left his address for for him so automatically that means that he has to be back at sean's house now this is i think the very first time we actually get of a, 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 an address so we find out here where sean lives now done a bit of research here nick uh just for those at home if Sean lives at 1657 Essex Way, Miami, Florida. Because there are no suburbs in Miami. You just live in the entire city. There's no districts or anything along those lines. So I've looked this up. I've gone to Google Maps. I've typed in 1657 Essex Way, Miami. The closest we've got here is 1657 Essex Street, West Palm Beach, Florida. We've got 1657 Essex Avenue, Hyla Miami-Dade County, Florida. Uh, or we've got a few other Essex courts, lanes, and drives. Uh, we've got a court in Lake Worth, Florida, an Essex lane in Riviera Beach, or there's Essex Drive in Tip City, Miami, Ohio. So, um, 1657 Essex Way, Miami does not exist, for those playing at home. I'm sure you probably thought it did, but it doesn't, sadly. Um... And we find out, yeah, Sean lives two hours from here. Um, and the, I love kind of like the random line here from Anne H when she's all like, Oh, Tommy and I have discovered five unguarded exits at this place. Like, what are they implying? The FBI are, like, dumb? Like, really? Um, so, yeah. I, anything to add here? I don't know. This is a bad way to start this episode. <laughs>
1: yeah it, it's it's just a bit like that it's kind of hard to to know what to even say about this really isn't it it's it's not the most terrible thing in the world but it just just doesn't feel like it goes anywhere you know i, I just love the whole oh, i hate this yeah so, it's, like, <laughs> this, it's oh,
0: laughable. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, slap him down <laughs> like, this is where violence is okay like just little shit sit down and listen to your mother
1: uh, not even doing anything anyway so we're, yeah, if he was or, if he was a kiwi or an aussie he'd you know he'd be putting in place pretty quickly i think
0: have a teaspoon of concrete in your milo and harden the fuck up you little shit uh, yeah anyway so we're back to um uh troy costa um and here is uh this is i think the couch isn't it we're not on a table here they're just chilling on their yeah, couch i think we're-
1: yeah, I think we've finally moved into into the couch now. We're on, yeah.
0: we're on the couch it's a bit more relaxed now at uh troy costner and we meet tommy uh he's a young guy he's got down syndrome and uh he wants to look like his family uh, it's just, and like one thing i say it's sweet is that the fact that uh you know you can tell here that the actor uh blair williamson i mean he really does obviously have down syndrome i mean uh, i guess it's kind of You know, not that hard to tell. But I I like it in these sort of, you know, shows where they will get an actor with Down Syndrome to play them. Like, uh, I know Ryan, this isn't the first time, uh, well, it might be the first time. It's not going to be the last time that uh, Ryan Murphy does this, of course, in Glee. uh, One of the main cast members, uh, Becky, I can't remember actually the actress's name, but she was brilliant in Glee. Uh, She was hilarious. And she obviously was, you know, probably the most famous Down Syndrome actor out there. Uh, but I know here in Australia with um, uh, Summer Heights High, they also did it too. But anyway, my point is, like, uh, he's obviously saying he wants to look like his family. Uh, you know, he wants to, uh, you know, move his, get his nose and eyes. And they sort of, you know, fair enough. Uh, it's uh, when it comes down to it, it's it's a, it's a valid, uh, you know, surgery. But now we've kind of got Dick Quinton where he's sort of, like, saying that, like, oh, it's going to be eight to ten surgeries. No. um, You know, and we it's going to cost $60,000. And they're kind of like, well, can't we work out a payment plan? And he's just kind of like... Oh no, we don't do that. We don't do uh, pro bono. We've changed the management here. I mean, how many episodes ago was Sean off at the nursing home talking about payment plans of the oldies again? When <laughs> yeah. when when all of a sudden did um you know their the plastic surgery become booming again? How many ep- how many episodes does it take to forget that Christian Troy potentially was the carver? Um, so um, yeah, we kind of get Quinton and and Christian having a bit of an argument. Um, you know, the coffee machine's broken. ooh, Julie's in a magazine. Oh, um, so this is your line there of, uh, you know, if we we did this and we kind of you know kept going out of our way and we don't work into partnership here with Delamere, we're going to be given hand jobs to keep business afloat. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of just all set up here, isn't it? To obviously, get what we're going to get with Quinton this episode with Delamere. But, um, why all of a sudden is Quentin just turning this down i don't I don't get it, like I guess we have to have a conflict between the surgeons, so that's why right?
1: yeah, I think so. I think we're probably just trying to create this this whole thing, and yeah i mean, uh, I, I just don't really buy the conflict here it just yeah, it just doesn't really work for me. Um, at least Quentin's looking slightly more um well sorry, less seedy, I suppose than he did in the last episode but but yeah i it, yeah, it doesn't really work for me. I think the Tommy Bolton story is quite interesting, um I agree. And you know, yeah, and i and I think you know what's probably anchoring these episodes that are otherwise a, a bit hard to watch is that we've got some um you know some good patient stories, and that's cool you know so, and we don't always get them, so it is cool to see them sometimes, yeah um yeah, yeah, so you know in that respect, it is interesting to watch that um and you know you do really feel for them saying, you know we really want to do this, but we just don't have the money to do it um. So, you know, it is one of those things where, you know, I talked last episode a little bit about getting a little bit sick of too much of this pro bono stuff. And I'd like to see what I would consider probably the more realistic side of plastic surgery, which is probably a lot more around that kind of, you know, the typical kind of boob jobs and stuff like that. That I think we we need a few of them, otherwise it starts to feel a little bit unrealistic Um But, yeah, I think this is still a good story to kind of anchor this episode off.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of – it's the theme of this episode, I guess, isn't It's sort of like family and not necessarily looking the same and kind of, you know – We'll get to that, obviously, with the Christian stuff that we'll get here, and even, you know, here with the the beloved storyline with Sean and the Morettis, or whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, Speaking of which, yay, we're at Sean's house. Yay, Austin's there. Yay, he hasn't been killed by someone, boo. Um, He's just waiting at the house, has to get permission to use the toilet. How long has he been sitting there for? Just fucking go to the toilet, you little shit. do not listen to anyone else, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there must be pot plants or the side of a house or a fence that he could go on.
0: Oh, God. Unless
1: he at least he needs to shit. I mean, we're assuming that he's that he's going he's going for a pee, but he might not feel comfortable squatting in a pot plant.
0: And again, like like okay, maybe I backtrack a little bit where I'm kind of saying like, oh, you know, silly Anne Hayes bagging out the FBI. How long does it take for fucking them to realize they're at Sean's house? They're terrible at witness protection. Just letting them stroll around the neighborhood. Here we are, two hours down the road in Miami. Um, so. You know, they're just all relaxed at the house. Here is literally a woman and taking her son to the FBI to please help us. We're we're so in danger. Oh, but I can just hang out at a random plastic surgeon's house and throw back a couple of beers. <laughs> so, you know, of course. Uh, we kind of get this whole sort of storyline with Sean talking about, Oh, my house is haunted by the ghosts of a family that used to be here. And, oh, rascal little Austin, he's fallen asleep on the bed. Oh, scallywag it uh, kind of like here's sean you know oh, sagamore doesn't know that we're here
1: this place needs a family let's stay around for a little bit let's make some good ones
0: really yeah. like oh
1: yeah and, and i think probably one of the things i've got a, an issue with here as well is that um and it's probably not a, a very nice thing to say in this episode where we've got you know the, the down syndrome thing but does does austin come across as a bit special needs to you like <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, like, I see it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. So you see what I mean, though. Right? like they've they've kind of made him out to be like this this you know kind of I don't know like emotionally stunted, which you know might be because of what he's been through. But it just doesn't play right. Like, I guess he kind of you know how old do you think he's supposed to be? He's like 12. 14 15. Is he he's twelve?
0: Well, I mean, they okay. mentioned that last episode that he was twelve when his father when his father oh, got shot. Okay, so I'm guessing okay. it's not
1: that long afterwards. Okay, so he's 12, 13, but they play him like he's about seven or eight, yeah. you know, and and so that's the thing, like, it just, it, yeah, it just doesn't really feel very, very realistic, because he just, I don't think they kind of quite got his lines right, or his delivery right, he kind of acts way younger than he actually is supposed to be. I agree, and, like,
0: yeah, I think that um, he's, oh, God, like, I'm just going to say this now, and I know we don't kind of don't do this with character ratings. We'll do it with episodes and sort of. We mentioned in our season three recap who was like the best and worst side characters. You know, we're we're what about thirty odd episodes in, thirty eight, thirty nine episodes here into, into Nip Tuck. I'm putting this out there. Austin is probably the worst character we've had so far in Nip Tuck. Like he's just a shit. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you have any other nominees for worst character in Nip Tuck up to season. Uh,
1: (laughs) Well, I just think that he he doesn't really have any redeeming quality. You know, that's the the thing. There's nothing you kind of go, well, you know, like he's a bit annoying, but, you know, he's got this going for him. Like there's nothing there that, you know, makes you really invested in this character. So, yeah, it's it's a hard watch.
0: Austin sums up this entire storyline. But anyway, so here's Christian. Oh, he's out with his mum. Remember her from a couple of episodes ago? He's willing to pay $36 for chicken. Um, and I, like, it's kind of weird how when he says, like, don't worry about it, Mum. Like, is he really up to calling a mum already? Um, but, like, I, I strangely like this storyline, but there's also elements to it, which is just kind of like, eh, like, this is a woman a few episodes ago that is basically calling him a murderer and all this sort of stuff, and she just comes around because of the media report, just like all the clients at Troy Costa. Um... <laughs> But, you know, we obviously get a bit of an apology here and kind of we just get a few references to um, his father and stuff like this. And then we get 40 Mother's Day gifts in a row. Dick Christian. Hey, would you like plastic surgery? Um, Like, obviously, we get what he's trying to do because she kind of says, like oh, I don't know if I'm meant to be offended, but as she kind of sells it, like, this is an $11 haircut, I don't really do my makeup, like, you know, but then Christian goes on to point out all the flaws. Oh, I can get rid of those lines under your eyes, that droop in your jaw. Like, I mean, there's a moment there where I think, "Mate, think what you're saying, Christian. Like, really? Like, this woman could easily be offended by this. Uh, But, like, I don't know how I feel about this kind of storyline in this episode because, again, I kind of like it, but at the same time, like, spoiler alert, this is the last we'll ever see of this. We don't see this ever again. Like, I mentioned kind of back when we were talking about this the first time, we get sort of a dream sequence flash of his dad in season six, the rapist dad, but there's nothing... There's, it's not like she comes back in three seasons and oh, I'm so sorry, Christian, take me back. Like, this is it, but I still kind of like it in a way.
1: Yeah, I guess it kind of just comes completely out of left field. I mean, I guess we're supposed to think that the whole Tommy Bolton thing kind of... Um, you know, encourages Christian to kind of pursue this. But, yeah, I mean, it just it just feels out of place. And it feels like a placeholder. It feels like they didn't have something else to, to build this episode around. And, yeah, I just feel if you're going to bring in the mother and kind of do this, that – you should maybe just do more with it. Like, it feels like they just don't do anything. It's kind of one of those one-episode things that this should be quite a big deal because, you know, like Christian's backstory and his family situation is, you know, it's pretty traumatic. And I think to kind of just deal with this as like a one-and-done episode, is it's not really doing justice to that storyline. And I think that's what annoys me is that this could be something a whole lot better. And, yeah, I think they just, they don't really do it the kind of service that it deserves.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it's kind of... I mean, props to the writers, you know, Brad Folchuk here sort of, again, being one of the main sort of people involved in the show, for um, bringing this back. Like, I mean, I guess we might have argued this a lot more, you know, back in um, in Granville Trap about if they bring his mother in and we never hear from her again, like, it would have been just kind of like a random like, really? Like, that's like kind of your issue with that, obviously, was this should be more of a big deal than it is. So, at least they kind of bring her back for a bit of more. But, yeah, there's just, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you say that it's just you know, here she is, and cool. Um, anyway, so we, we get Quentin. He's a Delamere. Apparently he's a druggie because he sniffs cocaine. Let's just... Oh, uh, yeah. And this, I don't this get This annoys it.
1: me too. Well, this becomes a little bit of a trope for Nip Tuck, I think, that um, the shorthand for showing these people being... Bad is is to show them doing drugs, and this is something that this has come straight out of my favourite New Zealand soap opera, Shortland Street, which <laughs> does this all the time. Or well, certainly used to, you know. When I used to see bits and pieces of it, I can't say I've seen an episode for years. But oh, don't lie, be- you're <laughs> recording it right now while we're taking. Oh yeah, totally, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, I can't wait to do that retrospective. You know, twenty five <laughs> years worth of Shortland Street. But yeah, I think you know, like uh, you know, the shorthand to get to why somebody has become you know bad or evil or whatever it is it's because they're on drugs and i think it's just it's lazy storytelling i think and yeah, yeah i mean it- it comes completely out of left field. Like, we see none of it beforehand, um, and suddenly it becomes this massive storyline that, you know, Christian. Uh, sorry, Quentin's doing drugs, and it just feels so lazy to me.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, and uh, I still put it out there to our listeners when we eventually start doing random recaps of random TV shows again. By all means, dare us to do an episode of Shortland Street, uh, and it has to be the episode to go, Is this your penis? Uh, <laughs> yes, sorry. yes. Um, yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, like... Quinton shows up. He's trying to smooze Julia into becoming a partner with uh, Troy Costa. Troy Costa is family. McNamara Troy was family. Uh, You know, good point there, Julia. Um, And this is kind of going to set something up with Quinton and Julia that will lead us to some tango dancing. Um, Now, like, uh, I don't necessarily completely dislike Julia and Quinton. There's something kind of weirdly there. But at the same time... We talk about things sort of going nowhere. This kind of does loosely get forgotten about. It's going to cause conflict with Sean in a couple of episodes. Go, ooh, as if it's not going to. Um, But, I mean, I guess I mean, this might come down to, like, you know, uh, Julian McMahon has chemistry with everyone. Maybe, like, Bruno Campos has chemistry with everyone because there's not really anyone you kind of get Bruno Campos on screen with and he doesn't really have chemistry with them. Uh, And he's a good-looking guy. He's got a, you know, he's a bit sleazy, as kind of you're pointing out, but he's kind of got it there. But, like, the thing that kind of I have an issue with, kind of like, Julia here with this, it's like... It's kind of like the Kimber argument, in that somehow they find a way to Kimber to basically hook up with every major male character in this show. Do we need Julia hooking up with every single male character in this show? Like, let's be honest, if Matt wasn't her biological son, she'd be doing him like they were doing in real life. Like, why do we just randomly need to have a side storyline of, oh, Quentin is going to be with Julia? And again, I don't necessarily despise it. It's just kind of like, it's just random. It's season three. It's there. Uh, I don't know if you have anything on Quinton and Julia here, but yeah.
1: Um. No, I don't. I, well, I think I just totally agree with what you're saying. It just feels forced. Um, you know, like, they could have gone a number of ways with this. They could have even had, you know, Quentin and Gina might have been a fun place to take this. <laughs> um, you know, ultimately, I think if you're just going to, you know, if, if what you're doing is trying to connect Quentin up with this um, spa, then it doesn't have to be Julia. I think you you could have found a more fun way of doing this. Um, and it just, again, I'm probably just going to use that same word. It just feels lazy. Um You know, so I think there are other ways you could have done this that are a little bit more creative, that are a little bit less um, kind of predictable um, and a hell of a lot more fun than what we get here, I think.
0: And I'm going to say this. I think the only reason they also do this in a way... Is because Kimber wasn't available. Like, if Kimber was not with Christian at this point in the show, she's doing Quentin. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we're back at uh, the. We're just gonna say the plastic surgery, Quentin Troy, whatever. Um, and you know, he's Christian's mom and going over sort of, um, what you can talk about, uh, what you can do for surgery and stuff like that. We learn a little bit about her kids. Uh, technically, what Christians, what half brothers they would be, half brother and sister. Ah, uh, her, uh, her son, half brother, his half brother, wants to do marine biology. Um, you enrolled at the University of Miami. I know some people in admissions there. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I wonder if that's going to go anywhere. Um, and in comes Kimba. Does she look like a, a an Arabian woman or what? If you said like last episode, I forgot.
1: Um, she's she's wearing like this this jacket that looks like it's made from like shag pile carpet. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm not quite sure who's dressing her for these scenes. She just looks really weird. Well, it is her fourth outfit that she tried
0: on today, uh, Nick, before she she, she was nervous. Um, Just like this goes back to our ongoing trope we're noticing here about... Just just anybody can walk into these offices because you know, as Christian will kinda of point out in a few moments, oh usually consultations are a private affair, Kimba. But like, oh who cares? Here's Kimba waltzing in to a to a consultation here. Uh gives uh Christian's mum some flowers and you kind of feel for Christian's mum here, I can't remember her name. But like they basically hear, you know, she's just oh, wanna come to the wedding? Oh well, the kids can be involved too. Like Jesus Like this woman was raped. This woman didn't want this child because, you know, she had a brutal attack. Like, calm down. Calm your farm, everybody. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, yeah you
1: kind yeah. of feel for her, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, th- this is what the story is trying to tell us is that, you know, she, she really wants to try her best, but ultimately it is too much for her um, for, for reasons that are totally understandable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Um, what are we back to here? Oh, this is, we get a nice little scene of, uh, Christians. Oh, do you love her? I think so, yes. Um, and that's where we obviously get the, oh, this is hard for me one step at a time. Um, oh, and yay, uh, Nikki and Austin have blonde, blonded their hair.
1: Cool. Um, uh, <laughs> <man>, like- <laughs> Yeah, it's like back in the day, you know, like when when I was a, a teenager and, you know, there was the, the kind of fad at the time, you know, it was when Eminem was quite big and everybody was doing the peroxide blonde hair. And it's kind of like, it just feels like they've done that. They've just had like a, a peroxide party and, and bleached all their hair. And, and yeah.
0: To me, it's just, let's make her look more like Julia again. Um, and then there's a hang up on the phone. Uh, oh, I need to borrow your car. Nobody knows we're here. Oh, This is how it starts. Oh, uh, drama. <laughs> Come on, Anne Heche. Ellen's probably calling you. Remember when that was a thing? Uh, God, bringing up the past. Uh, isn't it interesting how I've just noticed something. Portia Del Rossi or whatever her name is becomes a character in this show in a couple of seasons' time. Is this just Ryan Murphy's way of let's hire all of Ellen's, like, partners?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Here's Anne Heche. Oh, let's get her actual wife. Um, hello, Ellen, yeah. if you're listening. You're not listening, Ellen, but you might. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you are hi. <laughs> thanks for listening, Ellen. Um, yeah, that'd be a random endorsement, Ellen. Oh, love the Oz Network. Yeah. Thanks, Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're back with Tommy. We meet Tommy's brother and sister, and uh, we we find out uh, they've got a type of a what a pronounced bump on his nose, and um, they're going to supply some extra money here. It's a nice little scene, and he gives uh, Tommy gives Christian his medal. Um, it's nice uh, then we get uh, we're out a dinner here is this is this the uh, the dinner scene it is Oh God um, I thought that we were away oh no I'm reading my notes here anyway uh, Quinton and Julia are at dinner <laughs> this is where it's getting exciting this episode Julie is talking about being the patriarch of a family running a business um, you know it's it's great. Uh, it's fantastic. They're talking about the partnership and all this sort of stuff where it's going. Uh, which again, like, doesn't Christian have to sign off on this? How does Quentin just make this happen? Um, I thought there would be some sort of say in it. Um, but, oh, where are they, Nick? They're at, like, a dancey bar. Oh, the tango's playing. Would you like to dance? No. Oh, come on, you've got to let off some steam. And then we get the... Iconic Quentin and Julia Tango scene.
1: Uh, <laughs> we can't yeah, This isn't going to be in our top five.
0: These are a bottom five. Uh, <laughs> where did you learn to tango, yeah. Sean? And I were going to do a big salsa number. Sean chickened out. Like I do not like Julia moaning. Julia has moan face in this scene. Like she's not actually moaning, but she's got that look <laughs> like her aroused face. Maybe it's just her aroused face. Um, just yeah. I mean, I like the music. The tango's cool, but other than that, like, why is this scene in this episode?!
1: Yeah, it just it just feels forced. It feels pretty unnecessary, really. Um, I think we could have just got to this point without all the the stupidity here. I think this is probably what this is the, the end game of all this. Is that it's just you know reinforcing that Sean still has feelings for Julia, but it feels like there was probably a more economic way of getting here. I think probably this is one of those things. You know, when you've got a TV show that you're stretching out over 16 episodes, you kind of get these little byline stories that happen over one or two episodes that are actually really not necessary, but you do end up filling things a little bit. I mean, uh, you watch a lot of TV. I've watched a lot of TV. You know, there's not many shows where you can say that they're totally efficient storytelling the whole way through. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rare, isn't it? Very true. And this is just one of those things that just, it just feels like it's just filler, um, that maybe they just thought, oh shit, we, we need something to kind of fill this. So let's do this. They've
0: probably got the um, whiteboard of like things we want to happen in this season. We want a sexy tango scene. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Maybe it might've been one of those things where maybe, um, cause, um, um, oh, What's her name? The the actress. I've already forgotten. Uh, Jolie. Jolie Richardson. uh, Richardson. Thank you. Jolie Richardson. Um, She looks like she's actually quite an adept dancer. So maybe it was one of her things. She's like, you know, it's in the contract. I want to have a dance (laughs) scene so I can show off.
0: Bruno Campos. He's Latin. Uh, This would make sense. We're in Miami, remember people? Like, this is what everyone does in Miami. When I went to Miami, uh, Nick, all I saw was people doing the tango. That's it. Uh, (laughs) Drugs and listening to 80s music. That's Miami to me. Uh, So... Yeah, um... Oh, this scene... Oh, anyway... Um... It's not going to get much better, because we're back to Sean's storyline. <laughs> this is like... This portrays dumb Sean. Because he's, you know... Uh, Anne Heche, laying in bed, chilling. <laughs> Sean comes in, wants his book. Because um, Sean wants a book. Uh, and then kind of we get weird flirting going on here. Anne Heche mentions about... oh. Austin's really um, starting to bond with you. And he's like, you really think he's bonding with me? Like, he's just like a puppy dog. Like, oh, you know, and this is one of these... Ra- <laughs> this is, I don't know if you notice this. This is kind of like one of those random dick to any moment without her actually ever being referenced. They mention Matt. <laughs> he talks about, like, oh, I've done this whole thing. We cut to a scene on his bedside table of giant photo of Matt... Tiny photo of Annie.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just like they are deliberately doing it just to see if people are paying attention.
0: Oh, it's just hilarious. And this is kind of when she's all like, oh, would you like to stay with me? No strings attached. Um, you know, just so I could do with Just Not Alone right now. And who comes in? Mr. Cockblock himself. Austin uh, <laughs> shows in and wants to sleep there. I just want to point out something, which I we haven't mentioned yet. Do, do Dylan Walsh and Anne H. have any chemistry? Because I just don't see it. <laughs> like It's just... I don't get any chemistry between these two.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't... It, it's not one of those things that interests me at all. Um, you know, I'm sure there's people that enjoy it, but for me, I just... Yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you. There's there's no chemistry here that I really enjoy.
0: And as a 12-year-old, if you get nightmares, do you still go sleep with your parents? I don't know if I... Like, I can't even honestly remember. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know if that's a thing when you're 12 that you're scared. Like, is that too old or am I just being weird?
1: Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I'm thinking of is this this kid's, you know, apparently been through a traumatic experience, so maybe we give him a little bit of leeway because of that situation, but generally speaking, it does feel a little bit weird, doesn't it? And remember,
0: he's got the mental ability of a seven-year-old, but, and then we get this kind of weird shot of, oh, there's a gun under the bed. Now, it's random, and are we implied that this is um, Nicole's gun? Is this Sean's gun? Remember when he had a gun? Like, uh, do you understand this? What's this meant to mean?
1: yeah, without kind of spoiling too much about what we find out about Nicky in the, the next episode, um, yeah, I don't I don't really understand this. So, or is it like a, is it supposed to be like a throwback to, you know, he's, I don't think that's what it's meant to be about him when he had the gun with the whole Carver thing. So, yeah, it, it's confusing, it's unnecessary, um, it, just, uh, it just, you know, it's it, opens up more questions than it answers, that's for sure. And uh, we're back
0: to Quentin and the iconic dance scene is over, but he's waking up in uh, Julie's. This thing when, like, he waves a coffee in front of her nose. Is this like... I've never had somebody do that to wake me up. I love the smell of coffee. But, like, if I am sleeping and you're waving coffee, I'm going to like, uh, what? And I'm probably going to, like, knock the coffee and burn him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's going to scare the shit out of me. Um, they pass out on the couch to a Jefferson's repeat, like an old married couple. Um, but who do we get? Uh, oh, hang on a minute. We get the line of, have to leave before the kids wake up. Kids, plural. Hmm. Where's the other one, Julia?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: we remember one of them, because, hey, he's Matt. Remember him, your son? Matt was almost going into the Annie school of disappearance. Um, yeah, but
1: yeah, bring him back. He's
0: Matt, and, like, look, Matt's in a couple of scenes this episode. He's still kind of douchey dick, Matt, but... I don't know. I kind of like douchey dick Matt when he's kind of like talking about Julia, like being dick to Julia. How many guys have you had since dad? Four and five. And then sort of Quinton stands up like, oh, if a guy spoke to me like that, we'd get the strap. And it's like, well, you're not my father. Um, and kind of, you know, he has that There's an ongoing thing, Matt. Um, and then just kind of like he yells at. Um, Quinton, you know, you shut your mouth, comprende essay. Uh, and then he kind of just like walks out, there's random Matt Dick scene, probably going off to babysit Annie, somebody has to. Uh and then we get Quinton here, you know, just randomly, let's forget about the fact that your son was a dick, you were a tiger shark last night at Manolo's. Uh, so like it's just it's just how they quickly gel over, evil Matt, that's hey, fine, you were good dancing last night, let's go have coffee. Like it's like it's a random yeah. scene.
1: But I, I I do really like the whole thing where um basically Matt kind of encapsulates our our issues with this yes. a lot easier than we do. Like can can you not just can you not just pick a hump buddy that isn't one of um um Christians work buddies or something like just like he manages to say what what we what we took five minutes to talk about he says in one line yep. which is quite good. So there's, well done, Matt. There's, well,
0: there's even more well done, Matt, in this episode because his other scene is even better. Um, but uh, meanwhile, Christians at the University of Miami with his. Half brother, I guess. Uh, does this guy have a name? Uh, Evan, is it? Or um, no, not Evan. That's the brother uh, of of Tommy. Anyway, this guy, cool. Uh, don't get used to him. We're not going to see him much anymore. Uh, uh Christians basically, you know, walking around the Miami University campus and saying, "I'll get you in." You know, don't worry about it. I'm an, on- an anonymous person. You don't know who I am. And then this kid basically invites him over to his graduation party. Um, I mean, does this kid look old enough to be going to university a year to you? He looks like probably bloody Austin's age. He looks so young to me. I don't know
1: if I'm just noticing that. He does look like one of the Jonas Brothers when the Jonas Brothers <laughs> were a thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but this whole scene again just feels like totally weird because, like, as far as we know, we we don't know how these two were introduced to each other. Like, just the, this weirdo doctor just wanders up to him at a, at a university and starts talking to him. Like, it took me quite a while when I was watching the scene to realise that he didn't know that Christian's his brother, you know, like that, that bit hadn't been revealed yet yeah. um, because they kind of, and you kind of, you, you just figure that, oh, well, they've been introduced and when you realise that that hasn't happened, this just feels like, well, how did these two just suddenly start? I, I guess Christian's like this kind of stud X, um, you know, fraternity head, you know, from this university. So he's probably a known entity to a degree, but yeah, it just feels like a, a, a really, dumb added scene that, that actually doesn't add anything
0: max is his name and i've just looked up here the actor is john patrick amadori and basically appears in all the shows you would expect him to appear looking like he does gossip girl <laughs> uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah. just like yeah, yeah he's in that um and apparently he's a major character in uh i've never actually watched it dear white people apparently it's like one of big shows at netflix or something like that but um He must be a major character in that currently, but cool. Good for you, John Patton. Even his photo just screams douche. Uh, (laughs) You know, he's just a douche bro. Um, But cool, he gets into the university. Can we just point out with this storyline with him that he still obviously gets to go to university? Like, even though his mother kind of is addicted to Christian, doesn't rescind the offer. So, like, anyway, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I love how he just says, like, come to my graduation party. It's this Saturday. Sure, I'll be there. Walks off. Again, what's the address? (laughs) Like, are you going to tell me more details? What should I bring? Um... Meanwhile, back at uh, Sean's house, always oh, just dying to know what's happening here. Um, they're making cookies. Oh, goody. They're playing family. Um, and then who comes in? <laughs> Sean's actual son. Sort of. Uh, Matt comes in. <laughs> uh, this is my friend, Austin nah. and Nikki. Um, they kind of leave the room and we kind of get a nice little Sean Matt scene. We haven't had one in a while and they kind of are like, Fighting over it, and then uh, you know, I love Christian. Sort of uh, Matt, sort of line here, when he's like, "Oh, your partner slept over last night, Christian." No, the other one. <laughs> and then kind of like you know, Matt sort of saying, "Oh, good to see that you replaced me." Oh, I wouldn't need replacing if you didn't left. And then kind of you know, just this is great little argument. Then who has to walk in, little shit, Austin? Why are you screaming and being such a jerk? It's not cool. Shut up. <laughs> oh my God. What right do you have to come in here? Which it has to be explained with, oh, he's a bit sensitive to yelling. Matt has the perfect reaction of just taking a photo, like, oh, quick, and just leaves. (laughs) It's just like, oh, God, I've never wanted to punch a 12-year-old so much in my life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, it it does tell you something, that we actually prefer Matt in the scene than we do Austin. It tells you you everything you need to know about Austin. I prefer the cookies. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) yeah yeah this this whole thing just makes me want to see more of matt like i think uh, we've missed him like i think it's good to have him back and um you know like i think john hensley comes you know he's doing some great stuff in this season to be fair you know um he's not been given a lot to work with but i think he's doing a really good job like he's a complete asshole in this whole episode but i I love it like it's fun what it's fun watching him he is a lot of fun um yeah, just even, like, little things, just, like, even his mannerisms, like, he kind of picks this cocky up, and he's, like, throwing it between his hands and stuff, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's really cool. Like, I I think, it, yeah, there's just something about him. He's just such a prick, and you just like him. It's, it's, it's fun. I completely
0: agree, and kind of he'll disappear again for the next episode, but kind of Matt's sort of disappearance will come into play, because, you know, the pointy end of this season, Matt gets a pretty good storyline, and kind of how this will all end up at this season kind of, you know, it's, yeah... I mean, again, it's a tragic storyline. Of course, it's going to be a tragic storyline. It's Matt. But, like, yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to Britney Snow in a few episodes. Oh, will we ever. Um, <laughs> I like Brittany Snow. What am I talking about? Um, not a character. The actress. Um, but we then, uh, what are we here? Oh, we kind of get this sort of montage scene. It's the, the surgery. We haven't had a surgery scene in a while, really, have we? I mean, we sort of got it last episode, but not really. Like our traditional nip-tuck surgery scene, I guess. Uh we've got this family affair song playing in the background which is a little bit weird it's Sly and the Family Stone is that Sylvester Stallone uh, <laughs> Sly and the Family Stone family affair um and kind of we get this sort of cut between the surgery with Tommy we uh we get Sean and his uh sorry Christian and his scrapbook cuz Christian's a scrapbooker um,
1: at work. Who Who who's scrapbooks at work? It seems like a really weird thing to be doing.
0: Clearly, so busy at McNamara Troy or Troy Costa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, What I don't get is, like, he's obviously you know making this book. He's going to give to his mum. It's sweet. So he's got all these like photos of him as a baby. And just, like, little note there. I mean, that's clearly Julian McMahon as a young kid and Julian McMahon in his younger days. And we kind of see this. I don't know if you noticed it. The photo of him and Kimber. that is so a photo of Julian McMahon and uh, I've gone blank on uh, Kimber's name here, uh, like, at a premiere or something like that. That, that is a legitimate photo. <laughs> Kelly Carlson, <laughs> yes. that is yeah. that is a photo yeah. of them, like, at an actual nip-tuck event. Um, yeah. And the, yeah. the nice little photo of him and Sean, and that's kind of, like, the only one he puts in the family album. So... I mean it's it's a nice little scene um you know kind of back and forth but um yeah any anything re- I mean I guess we can kind of just quickly tie in here peeling off the bandages of Tommy um, you know, Nurse Linda Randall. It's the- a sweet
1: scene. Yeah, yeah, it is like a really sweet scene as well. And I think like we're taking the piss out of these like pointless scenes. But I have to say that it, you know, like the Tommy Bolton stuff kind of gets sandwiched in between this absolute garbage, and it's a real shame because yeah, yeah, it is a really really cool. No, it, it's a really nice scene, and I just wish it was given a little bit more airtime in this scene in this episode because it's good stuff.
0: Yeah, what does he say? Like, I look like my family. It's, it's such a sweet yeah, scene. Yeah, it's cool. Um but yeah, no yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh then we get Julia and Quentin talking about their relationship. It's a dangerous road. Who cares what they think? No more dancing, my thighs are killing me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah yeah. Classic Nipta comedy. <laughs> Hilar- hilarious stuff.
1: Hilarious oh, stuff.
0: Stitches, Jolly Richardson. Stitches. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, God damn it. Um, and then we uh again we're back at Sean's house because Finally, the FBI have realised where they are because uh, he's Dr. Sagamore. Uh, they've gone to the beach for the day. So, again, just Sean not even protecting them. And the FBI doesn't care. They're just like, oh, he's Dr. Sagamore. Oh, where are they? Oh, I'll just at the beach for the day. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> like, this is the worst FBI ever. They really definitely are in Miami, aren't they? They work cahoots with the FBI, uh, the Miami Police Department, in terms of their ability to tackle crime
1: um but like yeah well we 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 get to um um you know cruelty to guinea pigs is a more serious crime than um you know um basically keeping keeping two um witnesses in your house or whatever the hell they are
0: forgetting about condoms found as evidence oh we'll just forget about that because the actual detective was attacked um, so clearly he's innocent. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, then, like I do love uh, Asian Sagamore here. I, I can't remember what calling him Bob Gunton. People, um, when he's like going off at Sean here, uh, you know, look further than your dick reaches. Like he's just so true. He's the only logical person in this storyline. Uh this is where he um he explains what really happened that she just blew his head off um it kind of I think he elaborates a little i mean i this is i guess maybe we don't know it's kind of open ended with what we will get with the next episode where kind of she tells her version of this story, and he's saying, so I guess we don't ever really know whether or not she did sort of like or make him a drink and shoot him or she did it in self defense i guess we it's implied we've got to make our own mind up, i guess. Um, and then kind of like again, dumb Sean, because as as Bob Gutton is pointing out here, like this isn't just about, you know, you. You've got to think of this like you're now involved. You've become a target. Your family will become
1: a target. Like you're not thinking here, Sean. So it's yeah.
0: kind of like,
1: wow. <laughs> it's like well well. Uh, to be honest like saying to Sean you might never see your daughter again it's not exactly a threat because it's not like he ever sees her anyways <laughs> that's,
0: that's when we get to the next episode when there's even more unseen dick Annie moments Which again, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. you are going to be there next week at her recital and he's like oh what she's got a recital <laughs> yeah. like no you don't know that because you don't know anything about her <laughs> oh, so, anyway Christian showing up to the, the reunion party of max uh, uh graduation party i should say um mom's not expecting and obviously um you know it's a, it's a sad little scene here with he basically his mom's like i can't do this i thought i could but i can't um you know you're you're nice but i you know I, i'm your mother but i just can't be here uh you know, it's a sweet little scene. It's a sad scene. It's not really a sweet scene. Um, and then what does he say? Like, is that all I am to you? Um, a, a, what is it? Like, I've, I can't even read my own writing here. A stain. Um, I, you're my son. I can't be your mother. By Christian. And again, this is, she still accepts the fact that he's going to university. This is where Christian should be like, well, Psych, your son's not going to university anymore. Fuck you, mum. <laughs> um, then obviously he leaves the book at the door, walks off. That's the end of the uh the episode. Anything to add on the overall episode of that end scene?
1: Um <laughs> it just doesn't have the emotional weight that you would kind of expect a scene like this too. And I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier that, you know, we, we kind of talked about it being this kind of, this one episode, well, you know, one and a half episode if we're talking about, you know, we, we've obviously seen her in an episode a couple back and it just doesn't have that weight because it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it lives up to. This is one of those really rare scenes where I just don't think the actress plays off, off, Julian mcmahon all that well and she might be the only one we've come across so far that absolutely doesn't sparkle when she's when she's playing in a scene next to him yeah um which makes me think there's something wrong with her as an actress as opposed to anything else because everybody else um is is, you know amazing so yeah i mean this should this should pack a punch you know this should really make you feel something and unfortunately it just doesn't um yeah it sucks because it should be more than it is
0: yeah kathy baker you suck as an actress (laughs) (laughs)
1: sorry sorry kathy i hope you're not listening
0: yeah go listen with ellen she's listening um so here we go nick uh we're to our evil review section our review section um buying it renting it or binning i'm gonna let you go first because i'm intrigued to see what you're gonna do here
1: um yeah i I mean i i I don't think i can kind of go through everything i've seen this episode and go you should buy it (laughs) um and i don't and I, I yeah, it's not one of those where I'm like psyching you out and i to me it's not even a rent, I just don't think there's enough here so it's it's a second bin for me um, so that's two out of the last three episodes, which isn't isn't a good sign um but yeah, I think there's just there, there is nothing here that you know if you skip this episode completely, you miss nothing like seriously um you know even the stuff with you know the the Sean storyline, I think you can kind of just pick that up at the next episode. Um, you could do you could do a previously on for this episode, which lasts all of about five minutes, well, not even that, and five capture minutes. everything that you saw <laughs> in this episode and, 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 and not care about any of it anyway. So, yeah, to me, I just don't think this is something you ever need to watch again. So, you know, I'm taking the DVD out of the DVD player <laughs> and um, I'm never, ever, ever watching this episode again.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to have our first double ben. Um Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I just... Again, last episode was saved by the last scene. And I guess, kind of as you pointed out, they're sort of trying to go for it again. But, yeah, I I can't do anything but be in this episode as well. I, I agree with everything that you say. And it's just, you know, like, the Tommy storyline should have worked. Like, it's kind of, it's a sweet little scene and it's a sweet little storyline with Tommy Bolton. But, and the mother stuff should work too. But it just, it just kind of doesn't. So,
1: I mean... Well, and uh, and just, uh, I know that you're doing your review here, but just to kind of add to that a little bit, is that, yes, you're totally right, is that those are the two scenes that should save, the, or the two stories that should save this. And the reason they don't is because they are the B storylines in this. Like, the stuff we're supposed to be paying attention to, or that they want to be the A storyline in this, is the stuff with Sean, which is just, you know, Shit. illogical and dumb and stupid. And then the stuff with, with um, Julia and Quentin, which is, just like Shit. ludicrous so you know <laughs> yeah. so the you know they, they got it the wrong way around i think this could be an, an absolutely salvageable episode if the two storylines that you focus on are you know the tommy bolton and the and the mother storyline and they just get it the wrong way around i think
0: i think we might need to come up with a new category we're gonna have buy it rent it bin it and austin moretti it when it's even worse than binning it <laughs> um yeah i'm looking here at our the screen here in terms of like you know i keep sort of the tabs on what we're doing here and this is going to be the longest streak I've ever gone in Nip-Tuck without buying an episode. This is now four. I've binned to and rented the last four. You've also done the same in slightly different order. But you did go four episodes of renting uh, between Seasons 2, Episodes 10 to 13. So, uh, you've gone uh, the same amount of length without buying one. You just obviously didn't have a bin in there. So... We'll see how we go for the next episode because I kind of feel we're going to be continuing a bit of a streak without buying it. Um, we're up to Hannah Tedesco. Um, if you've ever wanted to see Kimber be played by a weirdly unattractive woman, um, <laughs> you're dying to find out the resolution of the Moretti storyline. That's about it. Um, <laughs> anything but happen?
1: I mean what what we what we should say is that if we're, we're trying to focus on the patient. Um there is a what should be, um, on paper a really compelling medical story Absolutely. here of the you know, the facial the facial transplant. And so I think I think your your mileage will vary depending on how much you enjoy that facial transplant stuff in the next episode. I think that's really yeah. what it's gonna hang off. Completely um so if you don't really get into that then there's probably not a lot here for you, but definitely come back and, and listen to us. We're not saying Yeah, don't listen to the next episode. I- Skip yeah. ahead to episode yeah. ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, even if it, even if we think it's a shitty episode, and you know, spoiler alert, we I think that's where we're heading. Um <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna have fun talking about it all the same. Yeah,
0: I, I agree with you completely. And I mean you know, it's it's kind of interesting when we talk about this episode. We we went back. What was it? Uh, I can't remember what the episode was when um uh da, 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 Meryl was giving Christian like cutting his face off, and kind of we talked a little bit about the facial transplant situation there. And I knew there was an episode where this legitimately was a storyline. So I completely agree. And, and a weird side note. And kind of, I might reference this again in the episode, but this is the only episode of Nip Tuck, Hannah Tedesco, where we do not have a credited actor playing the major character. Like, okay, you might argue that Kiki with the gorilla, technically, unless they called the gorilla Kiki, the prop gorilla. But in every single episode of Nip Tuck, even Frank and Laura, you had a credited actor playing the made the, the person they named the episode after. This is the only episode, and I'm looking through all the lists of all the actors who play the patient betrayer. This is the only episode which it says uncredited. So um, there's a bit of a side stat for you. Thought I'd mention that now. Don't know why. Um, like us on Facebook, Thank Ellen. So uh, sorry go Nick
1: <laughs> No I was just going to say that's, that's almost as interesting of a fact As um, that koi carp can see colour
0: <laughs> Oh god don't bring that back um, Ellen like us on Facebook Everyone else can too Follow us on Twitter Subscribe You know the drill uh, As we look forward to bringing you More of Nip Tuck The weirdest thing is Nick Is that you know I've, I have think I've teased a lot about this season About how there's a terrible episode And it. it might be the worst episode of Nip Tuck We're still about four episodes away from that one, so. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Just wait and see. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Um, My name is Ben, and.
1: Comprende SA? And um, I'm Nick, and hi, Dad, nice apron. Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered
0: to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.